This is the Sports Reporters with Ned Reynolds, Tom Ladd, and producer Logan Weber. Download the 96.9 The Jock mobile app and listen to the show live. Or find any segment or episode of the show you may have missed all in one place. We are back with Sports Reporters. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Ned Reynolds along with Tom Ladd. Lindell Scranton. And producer Logan Weber. Alrighty, guys. Lindell, you have another special guest who visits with us on an, uh, a regular basis. Fire away. Well, we know there's snow in the forecast, but it's always great timing to talk baseball. So it's uh, always awesome to have Rob Raines, St. Louis, stlsportspage.com, to join us here on the show, counting down the days to spring training. Rob, what are we at, about 24 till pitchers and catchers report? What's today? The 23rd? Correct. So it's eight, uh, 8 and 15 is 23. We're close. Do you? My third, right. grade, my third grade math is paying off again. <laughs> That's your KU math coming through. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to take math in college. I tested out of it. I mean, that was then. That's your Kickapoo background right there, right? It's a luck, is what it is. <laughs> uh, Are, do you uh, when you, when you cover when you go down for spring training? Are you doing any of the World Baseball Classic games? I haven't decided that yet. To be honest with you, I'm not. I guess we'll kind of see. I mean, the. the U.S. team, you know, early games are going to be in Arizona, so I'll miss those. So if they get past those, you know, qualifying rounds, we'll see which which teams are left and which Cardinal people are still involved. And kind of so I can go from there. Does the team's roster appear to be fairly well set, or any, expect any more changes before things to get going? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like like you always use John Mozalek's word opportunistic or whatever exactly how you say it, but I think it's, you know, I, I think it is pretty well said. Unless something all just kind of all of a sudden fell in their lap, I really don't don't see any other you know significant moves. They've got you know some questions that are going to have to be answered in spring training, but I really think by this point, if they were going to make a, a you know significant trade, I think they would have done that. So you know now they're focused. As they talked about the warm up last week up here about trying just to give the young guys a, a chance and see how many of those guys that you know, got their feet wet a little bit last year, what they can do now with a, another opportunity, you know, in a second season. There was a statement made by Mr. DeWitt, and it was prior to the to the warm up in terms of the goals of the Cardinals and what they're going to do. And no, they are not going in after any of the major. Uh, free agents and high men. Did that come as a surprise to you, that uh, philosophical approach? It didn't come as a surprise that that's what they're doing. It came, I guess, a little bit of a surprise that they actually said it. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, that's been their model of, of the way they've operated for, you know, ever since he bought the club, you know, almost 30 years ago now. So there's really no reason to expect them to change their their philosophy. And, and I, to be honest with you, the philosophies work. You know, I mean, they're never, you know, and I think this is one thing people get, get wrong. I mean, from a fan standpoint, even from some of my fellow, you know, folks in the media here is, you know, they, they want the Cardinals to spend, spend, spend. Well, they're not going to. I mean, that's just not what the, how their business model is set up. They're not going to spend what the Mets or Yankees or Phillies or Braves or Dodgers spend. They're just not going to do it. Uh, and they've proven that you can be competitive and be successful and not have to spend, you know, $250 million on, on payroll. So um, would they like to have had more postseason success? Sure. But, you know, I, I mean, anybody who watched the Cardinals going into last year in the postseason, you know, you, you could say that postseason, you know, was a great disappointment, but it really kind of, came down to one bad inning. You know I mean? If they, if they win that, don't blow the game in the ninth inning of game one against the Phillies, you don't know what's going to happen in that series. And you win that series, you don't know what's going to happen the rest of the playoffs. So I really don't think that anybody can overreact to that and, and say that their model doesn't work. Did any of that statement, in your opinion, have anything to do with the fact that the TV money may be compromised? I don't know. 
And I, cause I don't know the severity of that situation. You know, I don't know what their, their legal protection is. If, if those networks go under, you know, I mean, I think there's going to be obviously a, a uh, problem, you know, it's going to create, create a situation, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's enough money that it would be an overall hindrance to the operations of the ball club. They'd have to, you know, rebound and figure out something else to do, but I think they could do that pretty quickly. Probably. Rob, what's going on with the hitting, uh, coach jobs with the uh, Cardinals at all levels. Uh, seems like yeah, we're... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know, a lot of changes. Yeah. I think every, every minor league club changed, changed hitting coaches. But one of and one of them was predicated by Brendan Allen coming up to the big league staff. Um, so, you know, obviously you had the opening in, in Memphis. They had to fill. I was surprised that the Tiger, you know, Peterson left Springfield, although I talked to him about it last year in Arizona when he was out in the fall league. And I kind of got the sense that something was up that he, he wasn't ready to commit to another year in the Cardinals. I don't know. Um, whether that was because he didn't like, you know, the position they were offering him. If, you know, he just decided it was time for a change, he's going to be the new assistant hitting coordinator for the Mariners. They announced that over the weekend. So good opportunity for him to, to you know, take on a little more responsibility and, and uh, see if he can move up the ladder with, with them. But I think it's a big loss with Cardinals. See, I, I don't know, you know, uh, obviously Jeff Albert left at the top level. So was, but Rick, Rick Steinhorn, who was his hitting coordinator, is still there in the minor leagues. So it's not like they're totally abandoning the system that they'd had set up for the last couple of years because they, then they would have made another change there. So because he was a disciple of Jeff's and followed all along in that uh, that protocol. So not sure if it was just an opportunity to to bring in some some fresh blood or or uh, as I say, if some of those guys like like Tiger got an opportunity to go somewhere else and that just opened up another spot. And Rob, Matt Holliday would have been a big help, even though he was, that was not yeah. his specific assignment. What, what's the story on him? I think it just came down to him getting cold feet about it. I think, you know, he sounded good in theory, and, and he said at the time that he was hired back in November that it wasn't the perfect timing, but it was the right spot, and sometimes you have to pick one or the other. And I think as he just got closer to realizing what he was committing to and, and the fact that he was going to be away from home for, you know, seven, eight months and not be able to see his kids play and not be able to go to their activities. I think he just decided he didn't, he just certainly doesn't need the, the money for it. And he, he just decided it wasn't the right time and the timing was more important than place. So he decided not to do it. I, I was kind of surprised when he took the job to begin with, to be honest with you, for that very reason that we all knew he had said he wanted to be around home and be around his kids. And he still has one that's a very good prospect to be a junior in high school this year. And then a couple of younger kids below that. So, you know, that's, that it did kind of surprise me, but I knew it probably it was because it was the Cardinals and because he was very close with, with Ollie that that was the reason he took it. But I think it's just as he flipped, flipped over the calendar and he said, wait a minute, I got to leave when and how am I going to be gone? And that's, you know, just had second thoughts about it and decided to back out, which probably was the right move. He wouldn't want him to like get to Florida and two weeks into spring training decide he didn't want the job. <laughs> Several prominent Cardinals are headed to the World Baseball Classic. That opens the door for some at-bats for uh, a yeah. lot of the young guys. How will that benefit those guys? Well, it's going to benefit them if they play well. You know, I mean, I think that's the chance. It's going to give them a chance. So start, as I, my count was correct, it's 13 Cardinals who will be playing on different teams in the World Baseball Classic. Now, some of those will be gone for different periods of time because obviously not all of those teams are going to advance. So some of them won't be gone as long as, as others will. But it's good. Yeah, it's going to create playing time. You know, even a guy like Paul DeYoung, who's not a, not a young guy, but, you know, with Edmund gone, you know, there's going to be, you know, innings to be had, at bats to be had at shortstop, and he's going to need to take advantage of that if he wants to win a job on this roster. So, you know, it's going to give Jordan Walker, you know, a big boost. I mean, he probably would have got a lot of opportunities to play anyway. But with Newt Bar and O'Neill gone, there's more time in the outfield with 
Um, you know, Mason Wynn's going to benefit from that because he'll, you know, he'll get some innings and in, it's short and, you know, they'll probably move around a little bit, maybe play some second base too. So he'll give some opportunities to some of the young pitchers, you know, Graceffo and McGreevy will get an opportunity to pitch with Wainwright and, and Michael is gone. Palante is going to be gone. So it's, uh, it, it's going to be a different spring. You're also going to have the new rules going into play. So you have that to deal with as well. So it's, a uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing the, getting the young guys seeing that opportunities and, and seeing what they can do with it. And what, what's Rob Rain's feeling on the new rules that are going to uh, pervade baseball this year? How much time we got? Um, <laughs> no, I mean I think some of them. Some of them I'm okay with. You know, I, the bigger bases. It, okay, if it's a safety issue at first base, I'm okay with that. Maybe if it increases, if it does do what they say it does and increases, you know. We got a couple of possibilities of stealing bases, if you know, because always we all see on the replays how close some of those plays are at second base on stolen bases. So if it gives you an opportunity to maybe be a little bit more successful stealing bases, I, hope, I open that up. I am very much in favor of eliminating the shift, so I, I'm really curious to see how that works because I just think it wasn't fair to a lot of those guys. And you know, I, it, it's one thing to say, "Well, change your swing and drop a bunt down," but the guys can't do that if they haven't trained to do that. So it's I, I'm going to really be curious to see how much that affects the game and how how the, the big thing I'm going to be curious about is to see how teams try to counteract the rule, you know, what, what kind of strategy they come up with to, 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 you know, keep the rule intact. I mean, not violate the rule, but how you can tweak it and, and massage it a little bit. That's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be curious to watch that. The big league guys who came down on rehab last year to double a, uh, universally against the uh, pace of play rule. Uh, they didn't mm -hmm. care for that at all, but how do you think that adjustment will go for some of those veteran guys? I think they'll get used to it. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's probably good for the game. I mean, I think you get, you know, the, the problem with everything right now, as far as rules go, is it's the, the, you know, kind of goal or whatever the commissioner is to get every game over within two hours and a half, because he thinks that's a better window for television. Um, that's why you got the extra inning rule in place, which I hate. That's why you've got the, you know, now the pitch clock rule in place. I mean, the guys that you talk to who've gotten used to it, the minor leagues, it, it won't be a problem. It's going to be one of those things that's going to be, you know, kind of gradual we accepted in three or four years from now we probably won't even be talking about it because everybody will either have adjusted to it or came up with the rule and don't think anything about it so i think it probably will help speed up the game a little bit because there are some times when you you know sit there and the you know, watch the guy taking forever and you you know yell at him to throw the dang ball you know i mean it's just, it just so not, not that i've ever done that of course no no from the television in front of my living room but it's yeah, it's frustrating sometimes. It just takes so long and just get going. Rob, we touched on this just a few minutes ago, but I'd like you to elaborate just a little bit more on it. And it, it's it's made the news down here, although St. Louis Post-Dispatch is the one that broke the story about the circumstances involving the 21 Valley Sports uh, Networks, and they, they're apparently headed to bankruptcy court. Can you fill us yeah. in a little bit more on how this is working out? I really don't know a whole lot more about it than what I've read. Um, I don't know any of the people involved. I think, you know, I do know that one thing about sometimes about bankruptcy filings, whether it's this situation or whatever, it's a, it's a legal maneuver to, to kind of, you know, stay in business or whatever. And I don't, there's different, I know there's different types of bankruptcy filings. So I don't think in and of itself, that's a, you know, going to be a, a death knoll for the networks. I mean, I think it may have to be sold out of bankruptcy court or something like that, you know? So I think, it, you know, I just don't know enough really about it to know what, what the comment on it, but I do think it's a problem. And I do know that the wits, both the wits addressed it at their media session at the winter warmup. That there's something that they're monitoring and, and closely concerned with But I, I think one thing, one way or another, they're going to be Cardinal baseball games on television somewhere, somehow, because they, they know it's too valuable. Uh, 
you know, for their fans to be able to get those games. So whether they have to, you know, open, open their own network up or put them on streaming services or something, I mean, there'll be a way for Cardinal fans to get games and watch them. I know that for sure. I think you just hit on it right there. Uh, those of us who are involved look like it may be going to streaming, not this year, certainly, but uh, in the near future. The thing that bothered me a little bit was the Cardinals contract with Ballet is a billion dollars, and it, not not each year, but a billion dollars ending in 1939. 2032, I think, is when it was supposed to be. It was like a 20-year deal, I think, yeah. And that comes out to about the 60, 61, 62 million dollars a year, each year, to the club. Mm -hmm. How much does that figure into their budget, and does this uh, maybe compromise some of the players they could sign? Well, not for this year. No, no. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I, and the, going forward, I don't know. I mean, I think that's something they have to monitor a little bit. I mean, I think this is going to be a concern. But as I say, I think if they lose that money from Bally's, I think there'll be a way to get it back from somewhere else. I, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. There'll be some, some type of service available to fans. Instead of paying Bally's to get the games on your television, you'll pay, you know, $20 a month to the Cardinals to, to watch the games, some, you know, on a, on a separate channel or some, some kind of a, you know, thing. So I think, I, I don't think. I mean, I think it's something they're going to have to make some adjustments to, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be out that money. I think it's just the source of that money may have to change. Is Rob Raines excited about the Battle Hawks coming into play? Uh, I think I'm glad they're back. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about them when they were here or when they were gone, but I think it's, you know, it's always good for the, the city to have as many sports opportunities as possible. You know, the M people up here are real excited about the new MLS team coming in, and they just announced that we're going to have a pro franchise in the, in the professional pickleball league coming up <laughs> here, too. So. <laughs> I know, I know Ned will be all over that one. Oh, yeah, that's headlines right there. <laughs> hey, Rob, before we let you go, any way to project who a couple of surprising prospects might be that we'll see at Springfield this summer? Well, the guy I'm looking forward to seeing at some point, I don't know, the, I don't think he'll start the year there, but is Tank Hentz, the right-handed pitcher, 20 years old, that, out of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, that I think is just going to phenomenal prospect. Um, you know, pitched all last year at Palm Beach. So I suspect, you know, even if he has a great spring, they'll probably start him at Peoria, kind of like they did Graceffo and McGreevy last year. But I just hopefully you'll see him by by the uh, by the middle of the of the summer. And then the, the other kid, you know, pitcher is Jerpy, uh, the first round pick that they signed last year at Oregon State. I think you know, he did not pitch in the organization last year because he had such a big heavy workload in college. But they could do the same thing with him. He could start at Peoria, and you could see him by the middle of the year too. Uh, Position player-wise, there's not as many of those guys kind of coming who are ready right now as you had with Walker and Wynn and those guys last year. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if they start Wynn at the back of Springfield like they did last year. Peoria just moving up. Kind of depends on how the fallout of the big league roster down in Memphis works out. When do you pack your bags and head down to the sunshine? How do you know they're not already packed? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, we'll be down there. Camp, camp Oakland's February 15th. We'll be down there right about then. Very good. Hey, Rob, as always, a great pleasure, man. Anytime, guys. Take care. Rob Raines visiting with us from up in St. Louis. We'll take a quick time out back in.